Welcome to Bash University Live. Good to have you with us. We're the only live pa podcast happening during the day, which mm -hmm. makes it the best podcast in the history of the world. Oh, yeah. Good to have you with us. Riz, how you doing, man? Big weekend of fishing doing, again. Doing good. Yeah, the big weekend of fishing, not a big weekend of winning, though. That was the, uh, the difference. Um, we... Fished on the bay on Saturday, had 19 pounds, just shy, 1888. Uh, that Strong. was good enough. Yeah, it was good enough for a fifth place finish or sixth place, <laughs> some, something you, like that. You got to catch them so big. Dude. Yeah, you, you really do. And it was, uh, you know, it was just an end of the year fruit jar tournament. So it only mm -hmm. paid top three. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, fun day on the bay. You know, things are constantly changing out there. What's um, a water tap now? We had it at four. Uh, 52 52 to 54 throughout the day wow. um you know little uh little warmer in certain parts um but it definitely is you know we're gonna we're, we're, we're getting into that true fall pattern now you know starting to trend towards the winter time stuff so things are changing but it's uh still fun the fish are still biting um a lot of stuff going on a lot of different ways to catch them and then uh justin the upgraded intern and i uh we fished on the conowingo did you go did you go smallmouth fishing? We went smallmouth fishing. Caught all all caught all smallmouth. Um we had 14-6. Again, good enough for fifth place, first spot out of the money. So it was one of those weekends. Um, but uh yeah, we had 14-6 and kind of just learning that place. You yeah. know, I've I've only fished the kind of wingo two times now. So we, you know, there's no there's no pre-fishing, no practice, nothing like that. We're kind of just going and fishing what seems right for yeah. the time and well you know you, it's fun yeah well justin you got a bit of experience up there don't you yeah a little bit you know i not sort of i don't know man i can't catch fish anymore I don't, <laughs> I don't, yeah i mean I, I have some you know some direction i try and give riz but we we kind of just just I don't even know. just wing it baby <laughs> yeah. yeah just wing it that's hey. where we so the bash university take from the from that tournament is we had a bite in the morning we had a we had a current driven bite yep. um on on smallmouth and catching them fun you know catching them on an alabama rig nice. and uh when that bite went away it completely went away like 100 percent evaporates like you don't see them on the on the sonar anymore they don't bite there's nothing there and uh Looking back on it, we should have just scrapped it and went largemouth fishing when mm -hmm. they stopped, you know, when they stopped biting. But, uh, you know, got a little stagnant, got stuck doing what we were doing. So yeah. that's how you end up just outside the winter circle. That's, that's it's right. fun. They, you get that Alabama rig locked in your hand, man. It's hard to put it down. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, straight braid. Just yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you know anybody, but maybe tell them, you know, use your – your pool you have and just say hey guys run run that current all day yeah. right on the kind of wingo so rich and justin can catch fish because after it turns off it's like it's death nothing. it is i think it's we, over we caught I, two fish after yeah after it turned off. we had all of our wait in about 45 minutes yeah. and then <laughs> and then it went away and Believe now me. i know i know how the tennessee river yeah, guys feel when they exactly. say oh dude they they're not running current. It's like so hard. It's it gets it gets hard everywhere. And uh, yeah, everybody listening to this podcast knows they got a reservoir. Same thing. Yeah. They're running water. It's on. Yeah. Me and Jake got out on the flats uh, since our last show, and we had fun. We uh, we took out his buddy Adam, and um, 
we went we went we went smallmouth fishing too right with and ran into no current and caught nothing <laughs> doing that so we unfortunately where we were we, it's easy to switch gears so we yep. uh we caught some nice large mouth uh, still catching them on uh pretty aggressive baits with spinner baits and crank baits and uh um what else did we catch i guess a jig was uh and a, and a stick bait still putting them in the boat and then we got on some stripers so we had a lot of fun Ooh. uh just catching catching fish the stripers are following that bait i can't hear that yeah you, it's so interesting because where we fish the, the stripers love to chase that bait offshore but man the, the large mouth don't seem to have that same tendency. Mm-mm, they seem no. to be bank oriented most of the time. It's crazy. It's it's kind of an anomaly. Every every body of water has its own personality. Yeah. Yep. But we've got two big personalities coming on today's show. Uh, Chad Mrazik, who just won the Toyota Series, a two hundred thousand dollar win. Uh, you know what? What a great win. Big deal. Yeah. Big big tournament. So we're going to be diving in there with him. Uh, doing some interesting stuff. Uh, one, this is not the first time we've heard a jig winning off of forward-facing sonar. Guys, you get, we all got to pay attention and listen up. There's something, uh, there, there seems to be a paradigm shift on how we're thinking about using this technology. And and I was re- I was watching him dial in his, um, his forward-facing, Rich, and I, I want to ask him about it because he, he alters the settings in a way that I've really not seen too many people do it. Right. And, um so we'll 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 dive in with that with Chad and we got of course Rush Snyder's uh who won he's won everything in the kayak world. He won the uh, Bassmaster AOY, he won the Bassmaster Kayak Championship all in the same year. Uh he just lit it up. Talk about it. All top 15s in his AOY Strong. uh tournament season. And big shout out to GDP who uh who took third place in the AOY standings this year and um so we're we're going to be diving into you know that conversation with Russ, and we are super excited to have our own Jocelyn back in studio today. Hi, Joss. I'm back. <laughs> Did, you were you were at Disney, you were Florida, you're gallivanting all over the place. Did you go fishing while you were down there? No, I went snorkeling though. Oh, there I saw you go. A lot of fish. <laughs> okay. That's cool. Flying fish, too. In the salt water, you went snorkeling. I did. I thought you might have gone in Disney. That would be so cool. No. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> we just drank around the world. Uh, nice. That's, that's fun. Super fun. It was. Well, it's good it to have you trip. back. I'm back. And we've got some cool prizes I see you have there for uh, for our Lake and Share and we Grand do. Prize winner. Our Lake and Share winner will get a Bash University hat and some big bite tilapia, bite in frog tilapia magics. Mm-hmm. And then our grand prize will get a whole Rapala package with a signed Rapala hat with you and Mike signing nice. it with some DT-16, some BMP hooks, and some flyers. Wow. I want to win that. Yeah. <laughs> well, good pack. Yeah, it is a really good pack. So uh, pay attention. We're going to be asking a, a question. How we're gonna, how are we doing it now? Which is kind of neat. We're putting uh, the written question up on the IM board on Bashy.tv. And um, whoever gets the right answer on the IM board wins the grand prize, which is, uh, which is I think, really cool, really fun. Uh, what you got? I want to give a shout out to some people on the message board, our, our subscribers. Tuck said he had some great, had great, got some nice bass yesterday. Nick Berry awesome. said got the boy out fishing. It was cold, but they were biting. Nice. Um, Dan Allen says, hello, all. <laughs> Bruce up, said Dan? it's getting chilly out there. 
Mm. St. Crest has a tourney on the Wingo this weekend. Looking forward to chucking that A rig around for the first time. Um, and yeah. Very cool. Water temperatures are plummeting here. Uh, I know, you, you know, some parts of the country don't get that cold. Um, 50 degrees, Florida probably doesn't see that very often. And we're going to get down into the 40s here real soon. We've mm -hmm. been getting some pretty cold nights. We had a 29 degree night. Yep. Over the weekend. Did you did you guys fish that morning? Was it yeah. Was yeah. that the cold morning? Yeah. Yeah. It was uh it was cold Sunday morning. Um cold both mornings actually. But Saturday morning we had a real heavy fog in the morning as well, on yeah. top of the cold, so you were wet and cold Ugh. feeling. But yeah. yeah. It's fall fishing, baby. Yeah. Fall, late fall, wintertime Sounds fishing. It's terrible. uh right. you gotta love it. Yeah, Work it's uh get out there yeah wake up eat not, coffee brother not yeah not like snorkeling in florida it was 85 degrees and Whew. beautiful i bet it was <laughs> did you see any sharks no but i saw a sea turtle which that's really very cool, cool. Mm -hmm. did, did you go out to a reef or was it an yeah, inlet so or they actually they um they they're like fake reefs mm -hmm. to help protect the species of different they went into more detail but it was okay. really cool an artificial um, reef. Yeah, yeah there was like seven of them. They fish. even sunk a ship. Yeah. Too, so we got to like swim around a that's ship. Cool. cool. That was fun. And man, that sounds super fun. And yeah. you rode some horses on the beach. I saw that looked pretty cool. I did. I finally got to ride a horse <laughs> <laughs> on a beach. That is really cool. It was awesome. It was it was all surprises. It, it was my friends did a really good job. That's because it, it is, and I'd like everybody on the IM boards <laughs> and social media to join us in wishing Jocelyn a happy birthday. She just turned 21, so yeah, 21. Awesome. We'll stick with that one. <laughs> <laughs> what well, it was last Monday, yes, a week ago from this past Monday. Thank uh, you. you had a nice what a what a nice way to spend a birthday. <laughs> it was perfect. Well, we are glad to have you back with us, and uh, so much going on on Bash University, guys. We are lighting it up. People are buying tickets and filling up classes. Go check it out at thebashuniversity.com. Come on down and join us. Uh, we're going to have a blast at all of our events this year. Um, go check it out. South Carolina, Alabama, Texas, Louisiana is where our events are going to be this year. And we also had, uh, you know, another great release uh, week at Bash University, and we've got Filming scheduled this week yep. with some amazing anglers, yep. uh, including Ike and Brian Schmidt. And we're going to be Gluzak. Yeah, who's that? Pete Gluzak. He's uh, doing. A, I think he's doing the seminar this week. Uh, Rich not, is really excited about it. I'm not familiar with that guy, but um, <laughs> but we're looking forward to uh, to having a great uh, filming session and bringing some really cool stuff. I looked at the seminar and it's interesting because we're going to be talking about that today. Brian Schmidt, who has been at the cutting edge of forward facing sonar yep. since its inception is uh, going to dive in deep with us um, in, in an instructional manner, like we do at Bash university to, we're going to really dial in and see how he does it and uh, how it can help everybody get better at that. Yeah. It's uh it's going to be a good shoot. Um, you know, we like you said, we got three days of awesome content lined up. Um, so stay tuned. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, we got some new stuff coming out on uh, on the Bashu TV channels and the website. Um, in the kayak world, we're going to be releasing a piece from Greg De Palma on how to fish overhanging trees from a kayak. Uh, really good seminar, and you know, really important to know how to do that because your positioning 
fishing overhanging trees out of a boat and a kayak are very mm -hmm. different. You can do things out of a kayak that you can't do with a boat. And there's things that you can't do out of a kayak that you can do in a boat. So you gotta, you gotta know those differences. And Greg does a really good job at explaining that. Um, and then, um, we're also releasing, uh, on the water this coming week, uh, with Nick Hatfield, uh, rookie on the BPT series, uh, tackle warehouse invitationals champion last year on the Potomac river. Uh, we're doing a three punch approach to grass fishing, uh, with Nick. And, um, he's really, you know, he's cut his teeth on the Tennessee river fishing grass. He's transferred that into winning on the, on, on the biggest stage on the Potomac river. Um, and, uh, he's really a young up and coming talent. So that's going to be a great seminar. And then last but not least, uh, we're releasing perfect preparation with Dakota Ebear. And um, this is a really good one. I mean, they're, they're, they're all really good, but this is one of the, one of the seminars that I kind of geek out on. Um, and it's because it dives into so much of the mental side of the sport and also the, the little things that go into professional fishing that people don't think about. Right. All of the preparation it takes to get to that next level, all of the time spent learning how to how to evolve yourself as an angler. And Dakota actually did that um, and utilized Bash TV along the way. He um, he was a he was a longtime subscriber and now he is lighting it awesome. up on the major league fishing circuit. So um, stay tuned for all those. And uh, yeah, we got some more great content that we're filming this week headed your way. And, uh, as always guys, let us know if there's, if there's stuff you want to hear about, if there's, you know, pieces you want to see, shoot us an email and, uh, we'll, we'll keep doing our best to deliver it to you. So great to, I mean, it's so rewarding to hear guys at the top level and, you know, using Bash TV to help them mm -hmm. and get to the, the next level. And it's awesome. And we see it from all of you guys that are weekenders and, and tournament guys, non-tournament guys, it's, it's, I really appreciate that feedback and I, you guys come up everywhere I go and, and, and let me know. And, uh, man, it makes it, uh, really, uh, valuable to me. It makes it's, it's, it's awesome to hear. And, uh, I really appreciate it. Appreciate all you guys. And, and, um, and we've got, we're going to be delivering some really great stuff again this year. We have some big time speakers. Ben Milliken is going to be with us in Texas, uh, who we're so really excited because he is also a Bash University student and subscriber and is now made on his way to the elites after yep. a monster year on the EQs. And and Gerald Swindle, uh, one of our all-time favorites and greatest anglers on the planet, two-time AOY, is going to be with us in Alabama. And Ike is going to be, you know, recent Hall of Famer, is going to be with us in Shreveport where he won the national championship to really get his whole career kick-started right on the Red River. So uh, go check it out. Come by. Come see us in the wintertime when it's too cold to fish, just like Jocelyn said. The only yep. thing you can do is <laughs> go snorkeling in Florida. Guys, it's going to be a great show. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with Chad Mrazek, the winner of the Toyota Series.
leader in underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. AquaView. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fishing rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That are made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out doing a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I've found that can withstand my hook set. Boom, goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Portland Line Master Braid, America's premium super braided fishing line. Manufactured in our Cortland, New York facility and constructed from the highest quality spectra fibers available. Cortland Line Company, made in America since 1915. to have the best eyewear. My eyes are essential to doing my job. It's the highest quality lens that I've ever used. Top of the line performance in these glasses. But they're priced for absolutely everyone. The everyday angler can afford them. As a touring professional pro, if I can depend on them, I know the weekend angler can as well. Hobie eyewear, built for the pros. Price for everyone. Welcome back to Bash You Live. Man, there's some big news, and I, I want to recognize uh, one of the greatest anglers on the planet, one of the greatest anglers to ever do this. Um, proud to call him a friend of mine. Uh, Larry Nixon is uh, announced his retirement, and uh, it was so awesome to see him go back to Bassmasters where it all started for him, and uh, that's where he retired from. And we'll just congratulate him on a, on a retirement from one of the monstrous careers uh, of all time, Mr. Megabucks. Uh, for those of you that uh, remember that tournament, which was a million amazing. dollar man, he just he won them all. He like he just kept winning the mega megabucks tournaments. Um, one of the all time money earners still. And he made all his money. When they weren't paying out any money, Rich. right? <laughs> there was not that much to win, and he still, you know, got so much. And well known as the, 
arguably, I, I think it's got to be true, the greatest worm fisherman of all time uh, just uh, dialed in on that strategy, that technique, and used it to win so much. Uh, so, man, congratulations, Larry. Look forward to seeing you at some point in the near future. Some other big news is Bobby Lane has gone back to the BPT. We rooted for him this year, came so close over on the Bassmaster side, and he's decided to uh, to go back to the Bass Pro Tour this year. Uh, really fascinating, fascinating news. Um, a lot going on. This is, this is the time of year. Sponsorships are changing. Tournaments, people are getting all their schedules set. And uh, Riz signed up for the Toyota Series. It looks like we're going to have a Bash uh, Toyota, um, I don't know, events at all the things because I'm going to sign up for them too, although I haven't done it yet. And I'm looking forward. Hopefully, they got a spot for me. And uh, don't forget, right now, it's Black Bass Friday. If you are watching over on social, like and share the feed. But get over and get signed up to Bash U TV. It's the best time of the year. We, we have a $50 tackle direct coupon for you. Uh, an amazing uh, special. It's the best deal of the year happening right now at Bash University. Take advantage of it, guys, if you haven't yet. It's a great time to learn while the season is getting cold and winding down. Uh, it's a great time to study up. So without further ado, uh, we have a man, a, a young man that's just crushing it, had a great year, couple of great years across the board, and Finished it off with an amazing win at the at the Toyota Series Championship, a two hundred thousand dollar win, and we're tickled to death to have him with us. We've got Chad Mrazik, the winner, the champ. How you doing, man? Good, man. Hanging in there, just uh, taking care of everything, taking care of business off the water, as I'm sure you guys know how that goes, and and uh, just hanging out, us doing these, and I'm and I'm. Glad to be on this one for sure. I've been a fan of the show for a long time. Man, well, I appreciate that. Um, and I appreciate you being here. Did you take that big uh, 200000 promotional check? Did you take that down to the bank, or did, did they give you a real one? <laughs> no, they, they gave me a real one, but I'd definitely be lying to you if I told you I know how to cash a check that big. So I uh, had some <laughs> things to figure out there. But, but yeah, we, we got it. We got it. What what is up with that? Is there uh, now? I have never cashed a two hundred thousand dollar check. That's I've never. I'm, my biggest hits are seventy five grand were the tournaments that I won. What's is there? Is there issues or complications with bringing a two hundred thousand dollar check to the bank? Definitely, yeah, definitely. I uh, I wasn't sure how all that was going to go um, as far as uh, it going in and seeing it go in, and it still really hasn't gone in. I think they. Uh, the bank kind of sees fishy there whenever you're, especially whenever you're a fisherman, you go from, you know, not putting, putting that much in and, and uh, yeah, they're still holding it actually. So um, still holding it, but, but I was told that I'm going to have to make a couple big purchases and, and I don't know how I feel about that, but I guess, I guess for tax purposes, that's, that's what I'm going to have to do. So things out huh. there too. What are oh, the, the complications of being super successful, Rich? Yeah, right. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, it's a good good problem to have. What are you uh what are you eyeing up for your first purchase? Uh I, I actually went and got a truck before before it cleared. You know, I had my eyes on one for a little while and, and uh it was uh it was 
feeling to be able to go in there and, and you know, uh, take a truck home in cash. I, I was able to get enough clear um, to, to buy a truck. So so I went and bought a truck, and, and like I said, pretty good feeling. I think they were all looking at me like I was whenever I went in there and, and didn't have to finance or anything. So that, that was definitely one of the better feelings I've ever had. <laughs> uh, so. No doubt, man. Yeah, we're paying cash for this truck right now. Um, and I, I think, um, I think your success, you know, is, is, is awesome. Uh, you're clearly a, a, a great angler and you've won big here, but one of, one of your, um, I guess mottos is, uh, is keep going. We, uh, you know, we've seen some guys with like positive mental attitude, of course, Gerald and, uh, Stephen Brown had come to mind as, as, you know, dominating in that the mental aspect of the game and, uh, and Mike's got a, a you know, deal, ne never give up. Right. Uh, your, your hashtag is keep going and I love it. Uh, tell me where that comes from and, and tell me what that means to you, man. I, I don't, I don't really know where it, I guess it just kind of came about one day and, and, uh, one thing led to another. And I just kind of decided that I wanted to make that my thing. And, and, you know, a lot of guys have, things uh like you were saying everybody has kind of feel they go by but that's kind of my thing you know the, i feel like the way i grew up and and the way i was raised uh we weren't taught to quit and we weren't we were just always taught to keep going so you know i figured um what better time than than the time that i started in that to to kind of make that my thing and, and you know i even feature it on the wrap this coming season so it's so pretty cool and and hopefully i can build something off of that well, uh, you had to use it, um, you know, this because the tournament that you, you, you know, you just won uh, as I was, you know, going through your interviews and, and notes and things, man, it was what was it, 12 o'clock uh, or something like that on the on the last day where you you were sitting without a fish. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I said it a bunch. It feels has kind of always been my like Achilles heel and and I couldn't really ever get over it I've been been so close a handful of times to to uh sealing something off like that obviously never won that big but um yeah definitely had that in the back of my mind keep going you know can't stop won't stop so so did have a fish at noon and and uh I think it was kind of a little bit of a cameraman curse because as soon as he he got out of my boat and I set the hook like four times then the lemon <laughs> in the boat within like 30 minutes of the camera guy hopping off so uh, may, I don't know. Maybe I was just a little camera shy or whatever, it, whatever it was. <laughs> well, it, was that the first time you had a cameraman in the boat? No, I had one at, uh, I had one a few times this year at, on the invitationals at Clark's Hill. And, and I think I had one at you fall okay. for a little bit. So, um, I, yeah, really no excuse there for being nervous, but I don't know. That's just what I'm blaming it on. <laughs> well I'm, I'm i'm just saying if you the first time you get a camera in the boat it is nerve-wracking i mean it's like ratcheting the pressure up times 10 and and then the fish don't cooperate and then the pressure mounts and another hour goes by and it's just man you can cut it with a knife so i i think people watching get at home can understand man that's that's a ton of pressure uh, so it's, it's always a good idea when that's happening to you to kick the cameraman out of the boat. All right. Yeah. No, I, my co-angler had like a four pound smallmouth in the boat 
within like the first minute, 10 minutes of the day. So that didn't really help oh. either. And he boat flipped oh. it. So, so that was cool to watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, that, that requires a lot of mental toughness. And, uh, and you endured it. And that's, uh, that's going to be a great motto. I think a lot of people are going to resonate with and, uh, and look forward to seeing that on your wrap this year. But you, uh, man, it was a, it was an interesting tournament. It was another, uh, forward facing sonar win. And, um, but you, you, you used some baits and, and you did some things a little differently than, uh, than I've seen before. So, uh, you know, let's, let's dive in with a little bash university style, rich. He was using a jig. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's hear it. What kind of jig, what, what, what were we working with? It was just a, just a little jewel jig. I like to throw, um, you know, I've said it a bunch. I've been scoping with that bait for a long time now. And, and, uh, I kind of think it's important to have like a bait like that, especially with forward facing sonar and, and, you know, a lot of other things having a bait like that, where, you know, you're really confident in, um, and, and, you know, it's different too. So, so I don't, think obviously a jig is a really popular bait and it has been for a long time but as far as uh where i'm putting that jig and, and where i'm fishing that jig i feel like it's not something that's super common and super super popular and also i know i can get that bait all the way to the bottom if i have fish chasing it and i can still make it work while it's on the bottom as well versus like if i was throwing like a shad style presentation that's a little bit you know i, I don't really see much success in, in shaking a, a shad shaped worm or something like that on the bottom that what what makes that jig uh special i mean it 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 look it's a finesse jig uh small compact uh what what else is special about that jig um yeah no i'm i'm a big actually a big fan of the hook style i've been uh haven't really experimented much with different types of hooks on jigs you know i'm from texas i just like a thick wire thick gauge big giant football jig hook and setting the hook as hard as i can but um, I like that hook style, you know, it's got the bend is, is more of like a V at the bottom. And mm -hmm. I noticed with smallmouth, especially, I, it's like really hard to lose them with it. I feel like it hooks them really good. I don't yeah. really know what this style of that hook is called. I'm, I'm sure you guys might, but, um, it's more of like a V down towards the bend instead of a U. And, uh, I think there's a few companies that make like a, a jig head. I think young makes a jig head that has it. And, and, uh, other than that, I don't, I don't really um much about the style of hook and, and it's really you know it's got a light weed one singular uh weed guard on it so i'm not really worried about hooking fish you know I, I think uh if they get it i don't really have to worry about um you know them them missing it or anything it really compact i don't i don't trim it or anything so so it's just a jig that i like to throw straight out of the box pretty simple well, one unique thing about it, and we're starting to we're starting to see this as a trend a little bit more, is you're throwing just a straight straight tail worm uh, as your trailer. Talk a little bit about that. Why that's important? Yeah. So, first of all, with the the if I were to throw like a cross style, uh, you know, a cross style bait on the back of it, like a like a typical jig, um, it wouldn't sink as fast. So that was kind of a big deal to me, especially fishing it in thirty. Uh, sometimes up to 40 feet of water. Um, I want it to sink as fast as possible because the heaviest jig they make, I've, I've tried to put lead strips on the head and stuff like that. And, and I don't really think it makes that big of a difference. Like maybe unless the wind is blowing, um, maybe I'll put a lead strip or something like that. But, but with the stick bait, first of all, it'll sink. So it goes straight down. It doesn't do anything crazy. It's not a big bulky presentation. And then, 
I don't know, man. Whenever I get it on the bottom, it just seems like I, I can get them to bite better. So, you know, versus something they see all the time, I guess, with a, you know, a speed crawl or a rage crawl or something like that. I feel like I can just get it to the bottom and, and really do nothing with it or shake it in place. And, and I just feel like I get more bites with it. That's interesting. Um, the why, like typically, right. I will be forward facing sonar. You, you know, you throw your bait out there, your jig would fall, hit the bottom. You might shake it a few times and reel it in. You're off to the next target or, or the next thing. But what it, how you're using that is, man, you're really drowning it and uh, shaking it and and watching those fish, you know, react. And uh, it, it's really fascinating to me that, you know, you can get those fish to go uh, after, you know, I guess you're just doodling it and shaking it down there. Yeah, almost almost like I'm bed fishing, really. I touched on this a little bit yesterday with the show, and uh, we talked about how a lot of those fish were, were territorial. They're just resident fish. And, and especially the smallmouth, I noticed we're kind of setting up on the flatter, on the flatter stuff and, and not really chasing schools of bait like the ones in the main river were. And it, yeah, it just seems like whatever I can get them to fall all the way to the bottom, I'm going to have to be able to work it on the bottom as well. So, so yeah, I'd say, you know, it's just more, more confidence and and what I know I could get them to eat. And, and I wasn't single fish that followed my bait by any means or else, or else I feel like it would have been a blowout. But, but uh, you know, the, the ones I did catch were, first of all, they're usually – and then, um, yeah, like I said, I just I just felt like I could get them to bite a lot better. And, and that bait was – it's kind of just a do-nothing bait. It's – it's uh, I mean, the Sanko's forever, and it's been, been tried and true forever. So, um, you know, I, I figured I'd just pair it up with a jig and, and see, where, see where that went. And uh, had, had some success at Clarksdale earlier this season and, and a little bit on uh, – you follow, like I said, and then and then I don't I don't mind throwing it up north for smallmouth either. Yeah, it's a it's a sneaky good technique that guys are using up here for smallmouth uh, this past season, especially. Yeah, and there it is. You guys, you know, everybody watch. You can see it on the screen. That's a uh, just a Senko style bait as a as a trailer. Yep, it's you got about two to three inches on there. It looks like on a finesse jig, and that's like a seven sixteenth. You're 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 using a pretty hefty weight i guess to be able to fish that deep yeah for sure it's just a 7 16 and, and like i said I, I actually started throwing it um on ontario it was the first time i threw it and <laughs> and uh you know it was really good and and it worked really really well and and i don't know that that uh i'm sure that's kind of coming out now and, and stuff like that i think there was a toyota one a guy that top 10 to toyota um was throwing them and and maybe even the guy that won was throwing a jig as well. But, um, yeah, throwing it up there and kind of figured it out up there and brought it brought it down to other areas and, and had success on it down in the south as well. That's really cool. What uh, what would you say, like, from the, the amount of fish you saw to the amount of fish you caught, like, what percentage of them could you catch? Oh, or, like, yeah, how long did it take? <laughs> like, did, did it ever become personal between you and a fish? Day three it was personal. I was I was I was out for blood. I think five percent of the fish I casted out on day three bit. Oh. So that that was miserable. Um, the the bad weather the first two days of practice seemed like I like seventy five percent of them to bite, um, mm. and that was just rainy, overcast. You know, good conditions, good good Ooh. fishing, good fishing weather. And then once the front came through and it got really cold, bluebird skies. Um, that that went down to about I think my best day 
was day two catch wise and I probably got 50% on the bite. That's still pretty good. That's yeah. 50, 50%. That's, oh, that's fantastic. 5% yeah. on the last day. Make you pull your yeah. hair out. <laughs> yeah. Just, Justin, you got an IM? Yeah. yeah. So a couple people in our chat talk and, uh, a couple others were wondering, like, are you throwing this on a bait casting setup or a spinning setup? What line size are you going with? Stuff like that. Yeah, just uh, on a bait caster, which is, is, I was a lot more confident throwing it on a caster. You can definitely throw it on a spinning reel. Um, but I was throwing it on a bait caster, 16 pounds. Um, pretty simple, just letting it, you know, on a slack line and, and, uh, just fall down, uh, pretty throwing it pretty fast for, and I'm not really setting the hook real hard. I'm backing my drag way off, and and I'm kind of just leaning into them and, and leg slip, especially because I wanted to get I wanted to get a hook in them, but I was having a lot of them get wrapped up in trees on a ton of timber. I think I was saying like ten of the fifteen fish I weighed in over three days at least were were wrapped up real bad in trees. So um, I was confident mm -hmm. with that hook, you know. Most of the time, I was getting them in the roof of the mouth with, with that hook style. You know, I'm really confident in the shape of that hook. And once I get them hooked, I feel good about, you know, if if they swim out or if I can pull them out of the tree, then, then they'd stay hooked. I was uh, reading a little bit about, you know, your habitat that you were fishing. And, and uh, it, it, describe it to me. Like, how were these fish setting up? Were they, it, were they I think you mentioned ditches or drains. Is that the type of area that you were fishing? Yeah, just just shallow, shallow, but shallow for for an Ozal Lake. Um, shallow, flatter pockets. Uh, we call them drains here in the South. Just just ditches. Um, I think they bottom out. Most of them would bottom out thirty five foot, and then towards the back they'd obviously get shallower. But um, most of my big ones were kind of set up like three quarters of the way back, back to the creek, especially when the wind was blowing. Uh, there was a lot more of them set up there, but, but it seemed like the ones wanted to be where they wanted to be. So big ones over the three days came like three quarters of the way back in these, in these shallower, flatter pockets, um, in about 20 to 25 foot or just suspended in timber. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't sound shallow to us here on the Chesapeake shallow is about six inches. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we, we fish in we fish yeah. in the dirt, but but I get it. That's Table Rock. It's it's a deep, clear water lake, and uh, and you know, just it it's really cool how you did it. I watched uh, the day five, and I was fascinated watching you adjust your uh, your forward facing. Uh, you turn the gain way up, and there's interference, but you're you're welcoming that. You're actually uh, you know that's an asset for you. Take, take us through how you set your unit up. Yeah, just like you said, I'm, I'm not really afraid of interference. You know, one thing you'll notice with, with your facing sonar or whatever brand you use is you guys can get used to, to whatever settings you have it on, if that makes any sense. So if you stare at it long enough, you're going to learn what is and what looks like what. So so I'm not afraid of interference You know, as far as cranking my gain all the way up. I run it in the 70s. Um, and, and that's fine just because fish glow. You know, fish, fish are a lot brighter whenever you crank everything's brighter but you'll notice fish are a lot brighter as well so um as far as being able to tell the difference in and uh 
in fish and, and species, I feel like cranking my gait up helps me a lot with that because, um, you know, a lot of fish aren't, don't return as hard as bass. So whenever you have, whenever I have it cranked up real high, it, it makes a, a pretty, uh, pretty defined difference in what's a bass and what's not. Cause I, I know on day three, one of my best areas got like hostile takeover overran by something that wasn't bass. It must've been like walleye or, or carp or something. And there was thousands of this drain and I didn't catch a single bass out of it. And it was one of my best after day two. Um, and, and some type of fish kind of came in there and, and, uh, you know, I spent 30 or 45 minutes in that area and, and just kind of got fed up with it and knew that bass or else I would have at least gotten one to bite. So that was big, you know, being able to tell, um, the species and, and, uh, different fish swim and how different fish react, you know, having that game helps me a lot. And then, and then with that, I also, how I don't like the bottom of my live scope or, or my forward facing sonar. I don't like the bottom of the, of the lake to be on the bottom of my screen. It's kind of a personal thing. You know, I think that that could be different with everybody, but for me, I feel like when I have it, my, the bottom of the lake is the middle of my screen, it doesn't really like distort the as much. So I, I feel like the, the more dense objects like bass and, and, and cover, you can see a lot better whenever, you know, your screen, the bottom of the lakes in the middle of your screen, you know, fish in like 120 foot of water, obviously I have the, the bottom of the lake in the middle of my screen. Um, just like day one, I wasn't fishing. I wasn't really fishing how I fished the last two days. I was kind of chasing bait out in the main channel in, in 90 to 100 or 120 foot of wall. And I, I didn't even have the bottom of the lake on my screen just because if there was a fish deeper than 50 or 60 foot, I, I wasn't really concerned with it anyways. So I was just looking for the ones up high, like in the main river channel. Um, and, and like I said, I didn't even, I didn't even worry about the bottom at that point. Well, it's, it's really uh, amazing to watch that. And it's, it's fascinating to see how, how everybody's, you know, finding these subtle ways to use their gear um, and, and do better with it, you know, mm -hmm. and, and using a jig, I love it because we've seen some of the guys uh, in the EQs using a jig, a big three-quarter ounce jig a lot uh, in conjunction with forward facing to win. Uh, and you did it too. So you, you got this big win, man. It's awesome. Um, what's what's the future looking like for you? Or what are you going to – what are the trails? What are you taking on this year? Yeah, so I'm going to do uh, pretty – I don't think it would have changed any – if I would have won or not, but, but I'm going to take on schedule, pretty full schedule again next season. Um, uh, all the invitationals again, the full schedule. And then I'm going to fish at least two divisions of the series, if not three. So we've got a pretty, pretty stacked schedule. Um, you know, I, kind of, a, I'm kind of a hustler. So anything I can fit in between uh, to put a little extra money in the pocket, you know, guiding or whatever it may be, I'll do that in between. And, and uh, not to, I try to stay away from the back and forth as much as I can. And uh, what I mean by that is, is if I'm in Florida or, or, uh, you know, up North, especially not to come back to Texas, if I have to go back up or anything like that. So I try to pick something up along the way, you know, uh, like I said, I try to try to book guide trips in between, or, or uh, I've been fortunate enough to have some, some customers here in Texas, whenever I was guiding that, that, uh, you know, are, are really supportive of me and, and they'll, uh, you know, drop everything whenever they can to come, 
wherever I may be at the time to to, co to come fishing for a few days. So, so I definitely definitely fortunate to have those customers from from here in Texas that I can you know call whatever if uh, see if they want to go fishing and, and uh, if not then I try to outsource. Um, I try to uh, you know I been in in Clayton for almost four months last summer and. and was like one of the better moves I've made in my life and, and that was that was a great decision um, and, and I was able to you know pass out flyers and, and business cards and stuff like that to hotels all around and, and book a few there while I was living there just to you know, just to stay afloat you know I, I'm not uh, I'm not trying to get rich but but I'm just trying to trying to fish and, and trying to feed myself so um, not like I said not trying to not trying to uh, be rich or anything, but just trying to stay afloat and, and stay happy and stay on the water. It takes a lot, man. I mean, you're taking on a lot and I get it. I, for those of us that have tried to make it down that road, it's, I know exactly how difficult it can be and, and you're hustling and that's awesome. And you're right now, I, I got to say, it might be one of the toughest sponsor markets that we've seen in quite a while. Uh, you know, with the, the, the nature of the economy and the fishing industry right now it's 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 hard to make your way in that end of the game how how is that going right now for you uh good now you know really good actually it was um that's it awesome kind of it was rocky uh before the championship you know we, we got a um we got an aoi title this and i thought you know that might help the resume a little bit and, and stuff like that. But like you said, yeah, it is really tough. Um, I've only been, I haven't been in the game of long at all, but, but long enough to know that it, it has been tough and, and sponsor wise, it, it's uh, not easy, but I like to get on the train early every, every season, you know, as soon as the cha championships come around, I like to be on, on the ball with sponsored, with sponsored dollars and stuff like that, seeing what we can do for the, for next season. But um, I actually had a opportunity with the company um, we're we're going to be launching here here around Black Friday. Yellow Dog Tackle Supply. We're, we're launching a big e-commerce tackle website, and we're going to carry just about everything. And, and you know we have huge plans for this, and we've got an app coming out. So that's definitely something to keep for. But but I actually signed a um, uh, I was able to sign a partnership agreement with them before the win even happened. And and uh, you know I was super fortunate to have that you know fall into place just right. And, and uh, Neil, he's the uh, he's going to be the owner of it. He's he's taking a shot with me, and and it was good to see that before all this happened. So I'm, I'm definitely glad he believed in me before this happened, and that's a that's a contract for next season. So I'm, so I'm really happy about that. And uh, as far as everything else, I, I don't. Uh, there was a little. There was some things where uh, you know I've sent. Uh, I try to send as many emails as I can, and and um, try to talk to as many people as I can, and use all the connections that I have to be able to, to build a relationship where we can take that as far as sponsorship goes, um, for next season. And, and, uh, I was kind of ghosted at first and, and ghosted <laughs> in the beginning. And I had a lot of, a lot of people say no. And, and, uh, I asked for a little bit more certain people and, and stuff like that. And, you know, I was turned down and then, uh, all this happened. It's kind of like, everybody's taking a U turn and, and they're like pumping the brakes. Um, I don't think that seems that bad anymore. And I'm like, well, I don't know. So, so I'm definitely a big believer in, in uh, stay, staying true to the guys who believed in me before, um, obviously, any of this happened. And, and uh, you know, it's only one win. So, so I'm going to stay hungry and, and uh, 
definitely look to turn more heads hopefully next season hopefully we get another one and and uh hopefully at redcrest no doubt that, that's great i'm glad to hear that that you're making way and making some headway in that realm because i know a lot of guys are struggling right now of course winning a major championship like that really uh really helps in that effort and uh you know it's uh it's good it's great it's great to see that um Texas, where 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 are you guiding in Texas? What lakes do you work on? Conroe, Rayburn. Uh, I got a power plant lake kind of close Fayette County that, that I like to take trips on. But primarily, I was guiding on Conroe. Um, it's just like an hour north of Houston. Yep. In a classic and a TCBC there so about Conroe and and uh, yeah. So so I wasn't super super tuned into the guiding thing. You know, I, I don't. Uh, I never saw myself as doing it full time or anything like that. To be honest with you, not not a not a huge fan of guiding. You know, you spend so much time in your boat alone doing doing what we do, and and uh, it's kind of sometimes to have somebody else in your boat, and 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 you're not the main focus. So um, really, not my thing. You know, I don't love it. I don't love it like I learn fishing by any means, but but uh, it definitely helps and. Uh, pay the bills from time to time so so i'm not against it at all you know it's just another the puzzle i feel like is gonna gonna help me keep going like i said and um yeah just just mostly conroe and, and i was able to run a lot of electronics setting up people's graphs and stuff like that and uh you know i've been i've been away Heck from yeah. so long now that it's kind of it's not uh really worth it for me to start from the ground up again and and i've got a, a couple other avenues and stuff that, that i'm able to keep myself afloat by but but as far as right now you know i I, uh, I'm just prep, prepping for next season. So it's, it's a lot of weight off my shoulders being able to, uh, to win a big one like that at the end of the season. Yeah, sure is. Well, you're, you're headed to Redcrest. Where, where's, where's the Redcrest that you're going to be fishing in? That's at, uh, Lay Lake in Alabama. Mm. How do you feel about Lay? Have you been there before? I've never been there, but, but, uh, you know, I know they got spots and, and, and I like, I love fishing for spotted bass. So I spent a lot of time on the East coast there in South Carolina, in South Carolina for two years. Um, while and, and, uh, got, got really familiar with a lot of those herring lakes and, and uh, spotted bass. And, and I love, love catching spots. So I'm excited. You know, I, I there's going to be a little spawn going on there. It's in, uh, I think it's in March. So, um, should be a little spawn there going on and, and some, uh, hopefully the spotted bass spawn so that, that'll be cool to see and yeah no we're just going to treat it like a tournament you know head down and and uh focused on the, on the big picture so not worried about who i'm fishing against or anything but but uh it'll definitely be be really cool to fish against a lot of my idols so. man that will, will be awesome you know momentum's a big thing you've got it on your side right now uh, so you know we look forward to seeing some good things up there The uh, the hashtag keep going. Keep I like. Going. It. I think we might we might have to add that to our mantra. Yes, mantra too. <laughs> but uh, Dad, man, thanks so much, man. I appreciate you coming and hanging out with the Bash U, um, and uh, spending some time with us. Great win, congratulations, and uh, look forward to seeing what you do in the Red Crest and the rest of the season. And uh, thank thanks a bunch for hanging out with us. Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for welcoming wishes, and uh, thanks for having me on, guys. You bet. You bet. We'll be we'll be rooting for him. Chad Mrazek, the winner of the Toyota 
championship, which we're going to be in next year, Riz. That's right. That's right. That's the plan, man. That <laughs> is the plan. <laughs> so. Well, um, hopefully we'll be in it. We'll be in it with you too, Justin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be cheering you guys on from the are back. You, are you going to – we got to get Jocelyn entered too. Yeah. We're bringing everybody. <laughs> Jeff's coming with us. Everybody's yeah, coming. coming. Yeah, we're bringing, bringing the whole crew. What, what a neat deal. It's really uh, interesting, and I want to recommend you guys go check it out. The day five over at MLF, they do a um, post-tournament, um, you know, tutorial video of exactly, you know, kind of what he was doing and uh, watch how he sets his units up. It's pretty uh, it's pretty eye-opening. Yeah, and uh, speaking of that, Pete, we this week actually we're going to be featuring and showcasing on our shoots um, – whether you're a Hummingbird guy, a Lawrence guy, or a Garmin guy, guess what? We're filming with all three this week. Yep. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna do some stuff to uh, to help you guys and and show you how to how to dial these units in and you know get some insight from the uh, from the top dogs. So should be good. Yeah, it's good. Well, it's gonna be great. I mean, it's it's what's happening now, and you know our philosophy is never stop learning. Right. And, uh, this is so important on how. You know, we're using this technology to catch more fish and and be more consistent and use the different techniques. What, something is interesting. I wanted to bring up the uh, uh, Mike McClellan, and he's done. He did these seminars on Bass University. One on Table Rock and maybe Bull Shoals. He won back to back BASS events on a football head jig with guess what was the trailer? Senko. Yeah. That's what this was probably uh, 10 years ago. Now, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe not that long ago, but that style of trailer is surprisingly effective on a jig. It, it is. It is. It, uh, I've seen it. We've seen it in action now, yep. you know, multiple times. This guy over here has put it to, uh, put it to work. Justin, what, what, I mean, shoot, you whacked him on that thing up on the St. Lawrence. What, what do you think makes it so right? What, what well, makes it work so good? I'll tell you one thing that years ago, Berkeley did a study with different baits, right? So they're dropping, and this had nothing to do with like their scent formula or nothing. It was all based on body shape of soft plastics and stuff. So they would drop in like a regular crawl trailer. It's got two flappers on it, right? Bass would pick it up or wouldn't touch it. They take off one of the pinchers on that crawl say like a rage crawl for example it's only going down with one pincher they would eat it more and then they would take off both the pinchers and go down they'd slam it right away so i don't know i mean i don't know what that has to do with anything but i, <laughs> I always thought that was super interesting i mean realistically if you look at a crawfish i mean their their claws are pretty small right they're not always they're in the rock star like that position. a lot of times they're streamlined with their body and their profile is just literally like a TRD style bait. So it's interesting. We overthink a lot in bass fishing. Let's be honest. I, I know. Mean, I like it though. Justin diving into the science and yeah, the, that's a I studies. That, that's a long. That was a long time ago, but it you know it makes sense. I know. I I've uh, guys that I know would make claws one big one. They would pour their own one little one, one big one because they yeah. they would um, their study showed that they would hit that. 30% more than a crawl with two full size claws. I mean, the answer is easy. Just throw a Senko. Yeah. You, know, it's, yeah. you know, I get a lot of heat for that, but I mean, think about it. Like, how many times I've been selling you, that for a while? 
flipped the jig into a millfoil clump or something. You thought you had a bite, you pull it up. You only got one crawl left on your trail. You flip back in there and then they eat it or, mm. you know, mm. just it's a different little presentation. I it's, guess. it's it's subtle. I it's love subtle. it, man. You know, what, I, what I like is about how uh, he he would shake that bait and like drown it. And I noticed with spots, it's an incredibly effective tool. They love that bait just just scratching on the bottom and uh, and staying in one place for a long period of time. Uh, really interesting technique. Great great win there. Um, and you know we're going to switch gears because now you know we're going to take a quick commercial break. By the way, like and share the feed and we got a prize for you we got a grand prize for you we don't know what that question is going to be yet but we've got rush snyder the aoy bassmaster aoy and the kayak division uh coming on also the the bassmaster kayak champ uh championship champ is going to be with us uh and we're going to be diving into how he got all that accomplished this year we'll be uh we'll be right back after this Portland Line Master Braid, America's premium super braided fishing line. Manufactured in our Cortland, New York facility and constructed from the highest quality spectra fibers available. Cortland Line Company, made in America since 1915. I have to have the best eyewear. My eyes are essential to doing my job. It's the highest quality lens that I've ever used. Top of the line performance in these glasses. But they're priced for absolutely everyone. The everyday angler can afford them. As a touring professional pro, if I can depend on them, I know the weekend angler can as well. Hobie eyewear, built for the pros. Price for everyone. Oh. 